It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner. This is Cruel and Unusual. The podcast. The podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Tori. So on this podcast, what do we talk about? We talk about murder. We talk about murder. True Mysteries. Crime. True crime. Horror. Horror. <laughs> uh, conspiracies that might be coming up soon. Hint, hint. And just a lot of like cruel and unusual things. You yeah. know, that's kind of the purpose. Sometimes unusual can be good. A lot of times. A but lot of times it can be good. No. <laughs> Murder is not good. No, no. But we do, sometimes people are like, oh, why do you guys talk about murder? Why are you so fascinated with murder? Because it is fascinating. It is. It's the human mind and how it could ever. Was it nature? Was it nurture? What are we doing? I'm just stopping until you're done. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We have a problem talking over each other. We know. We both are very selfish and we think that our voices need to be heard. Not really. It's just we get going and we can't stop. No. Okay. So anyway, that's why we talk about murder and true crime because the human psyche is crazy. (laughs) Okay. So Katie, today, since I'm going first, I deliver the question. Okay, great. The Q-O-T-D, question of the day. And my question for you is what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve. I have many a plenty. Many a plenty, huh? Many a plenty. You are fancy. Well, okay, so this just happened this morning. It happens every morning, but when you're driving on a two-lane road and there's a car coming at you the other direction, but they need to kind of like swerve to the middle a little bit because there's something, you know, like somebody running or walking or a car pulled over and they just swerve and just assume that I'm going to scooch over too. What if I'm not that nice? I love that you said scooch. Scooch. That, that that word is the best word I've ever heard in my life. Scooch. Scooch. Scooch a booch. Scooch your booch. <laughs> Another pet peeve. And I know people that are listening to this probably do it. And I'm sorry, but... You can't help what bothers you. When someone is asking for a recommendation on Facebook and they type, and go. go. I fucking <laughs> hate it. Same. And if you do it, I don't hate you. I just hate that you say that. <laughs> I just, whenever I see a status just and bugs you've me. done that, I'm like, oh, I need to mute her for a little bit. It just bugs me, okay? <laughs> don't take offense to it. Please don't. Here's the deal. Katie and I both are people who really do not get offended by anything ever. So we just assume no one else gets offended, just like us. <laughs> it's fine. The only thing I do get offended about is human fucking rights. Yeah. And Agreed. bigotry and that shit. Okay. Yeah. What's okay. your biggest pet peeve? Hmm, someone is calling me right now. I'm not going to answer it. Don't answer it. Okay. My biggest pet peeve. Do you really want to know? I truly want to. The other day, I was waiting in the McDonald's drive-thru <laughs> for my large Coke with extra ice. <sighs> there was the, okay, so you know how there's two lanes, right? And then you converge, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you converge, or do you merge? Which is it? You merge into one. There's two ordering Yeah, yep, stations. and then you merge after you order. Well... The guy, for whatever reason, the one who was ordering at the outside line when I was ordering at the inside line, he was driving me insane. Don't ask me why. He was an old man, and normally I love old people. Love them. L-O-V-E. But this old man was really grinding my fucking gears. There was something about him, something about him that is not right, okay? I wish I would have got the license plate, but I didn't. (laughs) So... We get up, he gets his order, he starts to drive away. Hold on, pause. What were you going to do with the license plate? When I get a bad feeling about someone, I'm correct, okay? Okay. He probably is someone, actually, I know he's someone who does my pet peeve. Let me tell you about it. Okay. He started to drive away. What does he do? Instead of rolling up his window like a polite sir, he leaves his window down and tosses old McDonald's garbage out onto the ground. I had a fucking meltdown. I yelled. I was at the, the second window, you know, where you get your food or your drink or whatever. He was, be- I, he was behind you? No, he was in front of oh, me. Oh, okay, okay. He was pulling away. And I said, you don't. No, I shouldn't yell it because I'm going to blow people's ears Just off. Just say it. So I said, or I screamed, really. Not screamed. I said yelled. Okay. Okay. What did I say? <laughs> no, I forgot. It was something along the lines of you shouldn't be doing that or don't do that or you're an asshole. Maybe it was that. 
Anyway, it bothers me when people litter. Leave it in your car and throw it away in your house when you get home. It just really, it pisses me off. It's And then to do it yeah. so blatantly in front of, like you can't even wait till you get on a back road. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that that makes it any better, but just the blatant disrespect for the McDonald's workers who are going out there like behind him mm-hmm. and, sh- and you know, sweeping them into the thing and throwing just it away. Imagine just not giving a fuck nope. that hardcore. That's nope. awful. And then he, instead of just driving away, he then threw out the straw wrapper too from his drink. So that pissed me off. You just have to let it go no matter how hard it is. I'm very mouthy though. Sometimes I just, it just flies out. I can't Mm -hmm. help it, but. I'm very internal monologue type of person, which you aren't. Okay. So now that we've got our bitching out of the way, what are you, what are you going to be telling us about today? I am going to be talking about the strange, effed up and sad disappearance of Joshua Vallow and Tylee Ryan. Have you heard about this? I don't think so. Okay, so here's the deal. I was doing my research on this. It was like last week at some point. And Rory was like sitting over there and as I was watching the Dateline episode about it. And the next day, yeah, I think it was Thursday night. So then Friday morning, I this like news story broke about her. Why do these names sound familiar though? Do I know this? Maybe. Tell me. Okay, so let me, it's kind of a really complicated case. There's a lot of things going on in this Lori lady's life. So I'm going to kind of like pick and choose what to highlight and what to kind of like just neglect. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because otherwise we will be here all day. So for my research and we linked, well, this will be in the show notes. Okay. It's, I watched the Dateline episode and the Dateline episode is called Where Are the Children? I hate that title too. Yeah. It's really bad. Okay. Uh. So Before we get into it, I'm going to tell you about a couple of different people so you know when I'm referencing a name, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. So Lori is the the main character, (laughs) is the main like lady in the story. Okay. Okay. So Lori has two children, Tylee and JJ. Tylee is a biological child and JJ is a son who she adopted with her fifth husband named Charles Vallow. Oh boy. Yeah. JJ was technically already in Charles' family. It's somewhere but they ended up adopting him to give him a better life. Okay. Tylee is 17 and JJ is seven. (sighs) Alex is Lori's brother. I'm sighing because this is just so fucking complicated. (laughs) And it was my, my brain was literally exploding as I was trying to like do my research, type everything out, watch the Dateline episode. This is already like a web, like a soap opera web. A tangled web of lies. I can't keep up. I'll try my, my darndest. Okay. I hope the listeners can keep up. I think they're smarter than us. Probably. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) They'll let us know. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll let me know how bad I fucked this up. Okay, Kay and Larry are members. They're married, okay? Someone in Charles' family as well. So you'll hear me kind of reference them a little bit. Um, and then April is a friend that Lori meets in Hawaii when we get to that point. Okay. So Lori and Charles were married in February of 2006. Charles was Catholic, but he converted to be a member of the LDS church since that's what Lori's religion was. And after the wedding, the couple decided to move to Hawaii. There, they found another LDS church that they liked, so they joined that church, and that is where Lori met her friend April. April also met Lori's brother Alex because he would come out to visit and things like that, and April said that she got a really bad feeling about Alex just from the beginning. And Alex is Lori's brother? Yes. Okay. So, Tylee and JJ's uncle. Okay. Um... She had a really bad feeling about Alex from the beginning, April did, but that all kind of got a little bit magnified when Alex kind of let slip (laughs) that he tried to kill Lori's ex-husband, Joe. Oh, yeah. Casual. Yeah. So she was like, well, my gut instinct was right. (laughs) Yeah. Trust your guts. Yeah, ladies. Trust your guts. Or gut. Trust your gut. All of them. (laughs) Trust all your guts. All your guts, please. At once. Trust every single gut you have in your body. Okay. And that ex-husband that Alex tried to kill, his name was Joe. He later died of a heart attack. Oh. Yeah. There's something a little bit off about that, Alex. Okay. Um, I'm not accusing you, Alex. Well, we'll get to that too. Okay. So after living in Hawaii for two years, Charles and Lori moved back to Arizona. And eight months after returning to Arizona, April got a call from Lori who was landing in Hawaii. She said that she was leaving Charles because he was having an affair and she asked if she could stay with April for a little bit. Wait, was April back still in Hawaii? Yeah, April lives in Hawaii. Okay. So she want Lori wanted to go stay back with her. to Hawaii. Yeah, okay. stay with her for a little bit like I guess while she figured things out. Okay. So, April said that Lori seemed really manic and just different overall on the phone. Um and keep in mind that April knew Charles really well because they had lived there for 2 years and they mm-hmm. got really close. 
and she had actually said that Charles was kind of like an uncle figure or even a father figure really for April's children. Okay. Okay. So she said that she really, she had never in those two years seen Charles be mean or violent to her at all. So she just didn't really buy it. Um, now that doesn't mean, I mean, two years is not very long for someone to keep a charade up. So he could have been a, a piece of shit. You don't oh, know. Yeah. We have no idea. But April is saying that she really did not, did not see that coming from Charles. Okay. Moving right along. Charles said, just like, so you have another side of things. Charles was telling people that Lori had canceled his flight, like when he was on a work trip. Um, she also stole money from his business. And <laughs> she started getting really heavily into being an end times or a doomsday prepper. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that like... <laughs> I've always kind of aspired to be one of those people. Not if it leads to like horrible things. <laughs> no. Like I have a feeling this is going to. Eh, maybe. Wait. So Hawaii, this is the lady that's been all over the, the news, right? Yes. The blonde hair. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. haven't read anything about it because it just seems like it's too much for me to, my brain to handle right now. It's a lot. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I want to be a doomsday. <laughs> you want to be a doomsday prepper. I want to be a doomsday prepper. <laughs> I want to have canned food and gallons of water. I want to wear plaid and shirts. Weapons. I want to. I want to wear plaid shirts and dirty up my hair a bit. I do roll love a, a good plaid. I, I want to roll around in the mud and smell like cow shit. And I. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, you're taking it too far. <laughs> okay. No cow shit. Okay, no cow fine. shit. Okay. Anyway, he. I guess um, he was telling people. I don't know people, but he had reported that. Lori was so into this, so heavily into this, that he was considering having her committed due to her, to what he said, were delusional thoughts and beliefs. Yikes. Yeah. Um, she told, okay, and then moving back on to what Lori was saying, she told April that she was there because April was also one of the chosen. Okay, so Lori thinks that she's a chosen I'm sorry, one. why does Lori just get to pick who's chosen? I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's your job, Lori. Yeah, I thought it was Jesus's job, okay? Christ. Yeah. Literally. Okay, so maybe Jesus came to her in a dream or an epiphany or something. <laughs> I don't maybe. know. I don't know why he chose Lori. Anyway, so Lori believed that she was a chosen one, and then she also believed that April was. And apparently, according to Lori, and I guess these other people who she's affiliating herself with, there are going to be 144,000 chosen people to go to heaven. Wow, what a uh, precise number there. <laughs> 144,000 um, to go to heaven on July 22nd of 2020. I guess that's when the world's ending. It's coming. Yep. Wow, we better start prepping. Mm -hmm. We got to get some canned goods, honey. Did Lori say how the world's going to end? Nope. Nope. I hope it's zombies. That's so cool. Some kind of famine. Maybe it will be dun 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 the coronavirus. Oh, the coronavirus. <laughs> now, if you thought that all of that like shit that I just said was weird, Lori then told April that Charles was dead and there was a demon living inside of him. Wait, before he died? Or his, there's a demon in his dead body? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just what she said to April. Who knows? Yeah. That there Shit. was a demon living inside of Charles' body. So right. maybe that's why she killed him. Is this him. Danielle Harkins? Yeah. Sounds like it, right? Hmm. Okay. Um, but then she quickly changed her story almost immediately saying, no, 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 no. Charles isn't dead yet. But I know that I'm going to be getting a call soon to let me know he's dead. Here's where I kind of want to speed up the story a little bit. So what happens... A little bit later, um, April ends up leaving the island. I think it's about two months that she stays with April or stays on the island and then she leaves. Okay. Here is where I want to bring up a man named Chad Daybell. Chad Daybell. Chad Daybell. Doesn't he just sound like a fuck? It makes me think of like um, a dairy farmer. Okay. Yeah. Wearing overalls and chewing on a, a, a thing of hay. Probably because I'm thinking of bluebell cheese. <laughs> okay. Is it bluebell? No. A blue bonnet? But blue butter? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Is it blue bunny? Is that what ice cream? Why is ice only, cream? Why does everything have baby blue bell? The baby, baby bell cheese. Yeah, baby back ribs. Shit. Okay, I'm hungry. Um, Chad Daybell was, and this is kind of interesting. So there were, there's a podcast, right? And he had recorded some episodes, and Lori had recorded with him as well. So they knew each other. That I guess through that, or maybe through the LDS. I'm gonna find that. Please do, because I looked really hard for them, mm. but we cannot say the name. Okay, so they actually, the podcast owners, it's two people, mm -hmm. and they put on their website that all forms of media needed to cease and desist talking oh. about, yeah, like they wrote a cease and desist, like in big red bold. Um, is it real or did they just write it no, on there and hope that I people... believe real. Is it? I believe so. Oh, shit. And they said that no media outlets or media people or media in general can be talking about their podcast and Chad Daybell or Lori. Well, are we breaking the law right no, now? No, because I'm not saying their podcast name. Okay. And I'm also not talking negatively about it. Okay. You know? 
It's They're a great podcast, guys. Yeah. Woohoo, go listen to it. No, actually, I tried to find the podcast that Lori and Chad were both in, and I feel like they either maybe took them down or hid them or something, mm-hmm. or I only looked for maybe like 15 minutes. So so this Chad Daybell is going to kind of pl- come into more, you know, or come into play more later. But just so you know about him, they met, they were doing podcasts together about this end of the world doomsday thing. He's also an author. He wrote a bunch of books under this publishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, now it's July 2019. Okay, and the sheriff's office gets a call from Alex Cox, and they go out there to the home of Charles and Lori. They're technically, so they're separated by now. They're still, you know, how I mentioned when she went to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. This story is really fucked up, and I'm really not doing that great of a job telling it. You're doing great, sweaty. Okay. Now, ever since April was in Hawaii and all of that shit happened with he he was trying to get her committed and they were leaving each other. He was having an affair. She was canceling flights and mm-hmm. stealing money. They stayed separated and they started going through the divorce proceedings. Okay. Okay. Well, they were still like co-parenting, obviously, because they adopted JJ together. Mm-hmm. So one morning, Alex, Lori's brother, calls the police and says that they need to get to the house. I don't know if it was Charles' house, Lori's house, who was really staying there, but I know they were all there that morning. So when police get to the home after Alex calls, they find that Charles Vallow has been shot and killed. Oh, no. And Alex is very blunt about the fact that he did it. Really? Yeah. But self-defense, of course, right? Oh, boo-hoo. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah. So Alex. Alex is sitting on the curb telling police what happened, and Lori gets home. So Lori wasn't there when the police showed up. Alex was being interviewed, and Lori gave investigators a totally different story um, than what Alex was saying, which wasn't released, really, what he was, like, trying to concoct. But it's important to know that when Lori, Lori walked up with Tylee, like, they got out of the car and came, like, over to the police, and um, they were both just acting nonchalant. And Lori was, like, smiling and laughing and saying something about how she waved to a neighbor or something with a neighbor. Oh, no. Yeah, she just looked happy. And she knew. And she said that she already knew what happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. She said that she and the kids were home when it happened, but then she left to take JJ to school. For whatever reason, in the middle of all that, I guess she really? thought JJ needed to go to class, but then Tylee didn't. Well, you, maybe yeah. she just wanted to get him out of, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they were just acting strange AF. And then they were all taken. So Tylee, Lori, and Alex were all taken to the police station to be interviewed. So when they get to the police station, Alex's side of the story now. So he's probably changed it a few times, but this is what he's saying. He explained that Charles and Lori were separated, but Charles, okay, so Charles came over to take JJ to school. So I guess Charles was living out of the home and Lori and Alex and the kids were staying there. Charles realized when him and JJ had left that he left his phone inside. So Charles went back in the house to get the phone and he found Lori snooping on his phone. Oh. Yeah. So Alex goes on to say Charles got pissed and then Lori kind of chimed in and she was saying um, the argument progressed from there. And then Tylee's version... Okay, so they're all kind of, I guess apparently they're all kind of just talking. They must have had their story straight a little bit. I don't know why they were a little bit confused when they were standing Mm. outside, but whatever. Tylee said that she went into her room and grabbed a bat because she heard them arguing. She wanted to, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, (laughs) what? I know. Um, And apparently Tylee was just saying that she wanted to defend her mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she said that she stuck the bat out towards Charles and he took it away from her. <laughs> Duh. Like, what do you think's <laughs> going to happen? Um, and then Alex then tried to intervene. Alex said Charles struck him with the bat and then Alex then went to his room and got his gun and shot him. That oh, escalated geez. very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, From a bat to a gun. That's a little bit. Yeah. 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 And so during this entire time, like ever since the police showed up, Alex had been like dabbing at the back of his head with the paper towel. Oh. Yeah. And But here's the thing. It was a very small cut. Did not seem like it came from a bat. And the funny, not funny, but the strange, I should say, thing is, Charles was a big man and he actually played baseball in college. So if he was going to hit somebody over the head with a bat, it wouldn't have looked like a small cut. Right. You know. He would have just hammered him. Yeah. he pro- Alex would probably be dead. Yeah. Okay. So, and then also, I guess, in this Dateline episode, they reported that Tylee's demeanor was really strange, too. She was very composed, very well-spoken. Her, like, a quote from her, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have gotten the bat. Oh, That's, like, no. all she said at the end there. Isn't that weird? That is kind of, that is yeah. strange. And then... Detectives then got back in the van and rode back to the house with Charles, or not Charles, Charles isn't there, honey. (laughs) They got back in the van and rode with Alex and Lori and Tylee back to the house. And one of the investigators said that Lori was, quote unquote, in a great mood, happy-go-lucky, smiling, talking about their future plans. Mm. Yeah. 
Way to implicate yourself, whether yeah. you did it or not. Couldn't you just sit there and shut up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not to Zip give anybody lips, advice. Lori. Not to give anybody advice about, like, how to act after you murder someone. But, but still. Chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, think in your head these happy thoughts. Unless you don't have an internal monologue like you, Katie. This doesn't mean I'm a psychopath, keep it, Tori. Keep it in. Okay. Um, okay. Now, Lori, here's another really effed up thing. Lori decided to then hold a pool party the same afternoon. <laughs> oh. Yeah fancy that yeah that her estranged husband was shot by her brother great yeah super come, normal behavior come to the murder house totally everybody. cool totally we're cool. gonna have a pool party pool party pool take a party. dip in the pool take, take a, a load dip off, in the please. pool having a pool party wear Lori. your flip-flops wear pool your party <laughs> okay we gotta stop take them off and throw them away do some skinny dipping yay <laughs> anyway um okay so the next day, Lori actually sent a text message to her two, I guess it would be like estranged stepsons. And it just said something along the lines of their dad passed away and she was sorry and still loved them with a heart emoji. Oh, oh Can a Can you heart believe emoji. that? She How told heartfelt. Charles' children that he died through a text message. With an emoji. Yeah. Hate um, that. Their mother, whose name is Cheryl, described the grief that she had for her sons to find out via text message in the Dateline episode. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl then, she said that... Being Charles' wife of 12 years, there was never violence, especially not physical violence, and she didn't believe the story. No. Mm-mm. Good. Yeah. Now, we're fast forwarding to November of 2019, okay? Okay. So it's been a few months. Yeah. And Kay and Larry, remember JJ's like original guardians, they had they were like, wow, we haven't heard from JJ in three months. Like, that's a long time to not yeah. hear from someone that you love and that you're close to. Right. So I guess the last time that they had heard from him, they said that he seemed very coached. So it was like some type of like internet Skype call type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they could see him too. Yeah. They could clearly see how he was acting. Mm -hmm. And apparently what Kay reported to the investigators was that he was basically what happened was they got on the phone or on the, you know, on the internet and he looked like he was like reading above the screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he said, basically all he said was like, Hey, and then he was like, gotta go by gotta go bye-bye actually it was bye-bye Very i hate sad. that that's sad yeah and then that was the last time that they had heard from him so november 26 2019 Kay and larry had called the police there to do a welfare check mm-hmm. and when the police get there alex cox answered the door alex originally had said that jj was with Kay and larry which is oh. fucking weird right like alex you like come on man <laughs> fucking idiot come on um, and then, so the police were like, uh, no, there's something fucked up going on here. Mm-hmm. So then Lori came out and she told a totally different story that also didn't check out. And then the next day on 1127, the police or investigators or whatever came back to the house with a search warrant and no one was home. Mm-hmm. And it looked like who, the people who were still in the home left very quickly. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So police then go on to issue two different press releases. The first one is on December 20th, 2019. Basically just like a, hey, be on the lookout for JJ and Tylee. They've been missing. And then on the 30th, so 10 days later, they say that Lori, their mother in this press release, they, she knows what happened to the two children and she's not cooperating with investigators. That's what it says? Yeah. In the press release. Well, what the fuck? Yeah. As police and investigators started to look into Lori, now that obviously her children are gone and she will not tell them where she put them or what happened to them, Mm -hmm. they find out that about two months after Charles died, Lori moved to Idaho with Tylee and JJ to be closer to podcast partner Chad Daybell, who we were talking about before. Oh, dairy farmer. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah. So Chad was a huge believer and a missionary of the end time theory thing that they had. And I guess people who knew Lori at this time were saying she was very different. Um, She went from being this like doting wife and mother of the year to a religious zombie almost. Mm. Yeah. Now it's important to know Chad, okay, dairy farmer, Mm -hmm. was not in fact a dairy farmer. So we don't want people to think that, but that's what we're saying. (laughs) He's just going to be a dairy (laughs) farmer. Okay. So Chad was married to a woman named Tammy and the two of them had five children together. He was some kind of like big missionary person like this entire time that he and Tammy were together. Mm -hmm. He was also in the military. And after the military, he enrolled in college and took up a job in the cemetery. Isn't that like just kind of a weird turn of events? It is. (laughs) My brain's just processing that. (laughs) Were you like wishing that that was your job? I No, I heard cemetery, but I thought seminary. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. 
So just a little bit more background on Chad. He believed strongly that he had a connection to the spirit world. And I guess a wave, this is really weird, but I'm just going to say it. A wave had hit him in the ocean. Oh, no. When he and he felt like he was out of his body and having a conversation with his grandfather and learning about his future life. Honey, you were not. You are not Moana. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess apparently after that happened, he got some big push to make a change in his life. And that's when he began writing those books, starting his publishing company. He wrote a lot of books about the end times, the second coming, and books in the apocalyptic genre. A little bit of backstory continuing. In 2015, he felt drawn to move to Rexburg, Idaho. Why? Because he believed he was told to flock there for the second coming of Christ. Flock there. Yeah, yeah. you go, you flock, dairy farmer. Flock, you okay. flock. He was. He thought that he was meant to be or to start prepper events and educate people about the end times, um, and then that's kind of a, around the time when he met Lori, and then he was doing the podcast and yada yada yada. Did they meet online? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. So then now this is I guess apparently the investigators found out this is when Lori moved to Idaho. A lady named Melanie also joined Lori and Chad in Rexburg, and Melanie's husband, Brandon, was shot while in his car. I'm, you could not make this shit up. What the fuck? Like, there's so many fucking people involved in this case, it's unreal. Brandon was convinced that Melanie and Lori had something to do with that shooting. Um, I guess the gun had a silencer, and it made it sound like a paintball gun. It was a green Jeep with Texas license plates. Hmm. The Jeep belonged to Charles Vallow. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, like the dead Charles Vallow. Yeah. Yeah, the dead one. Wow. Um, he assumed Alex was the one driving the vehicle. And then Brandon and his four children went into hiding. So that scared him. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Melanie and Alex traveled up to Idaho together. And then one week after the shooting, Chad's wife, Tammy, posted a Facebook status saying a guy in a, ski- in a ski mask was shooting at her with a paintball gun. So they oh, kind of connected geez. that. Right? Yeah. Okay. Ten days after that incident, after that Facebook post... Tammy, who was totally healthy, no major medical concerns, went to bed and didn't wake up. Oh, Go no. fucking figure, right? Yep. Police said that when they got there, you know, when he called it in, when he found her, Chad exhibited all of the signs of a grief-stricken spouse. Of course, of course he did. Of course he did. Okay, 14 days. This is the real fucking kicker, Katie. God, it's like they are the end times mm-hmm. themselves. They are creating the end times. Shit. For a lot of people. 14 days after Tammy was buried, Chad... And Lori got married on the beach in Hawaii. Can you? How? Two weeks. How was this a thing? Weeks after the wedding, so just a few weeks after um, Chad and Lori got married in Hawaii, JJ and Tylee totally vanished. Mm. Okay, so this is bringing us back up to speed. They did the welfare check. They they sent out the press releases. Lori's story just continues to change, okay? She eventually said JJ was staying with a friend. Um, the police checked it out. The friend said they hadn't seen JJ since September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cops in Rexburg went back with Lori to follow up, and then they found out Chad and Lori had disappeared too. This is all I know is that the kids, well, before, this is all I knew that the kids were missing and she was in Hawaii and all this. Yeah, Yeah. that's all I knew. Yeah, so in Rexburg, they, Chad and Lori just totally vanished. All of their things were gone, kind of like, it just, it's a total fucking mind fuck. Yeah. After all of this happened, okay, so they got married two weeks later, the kids vanished, the police were involved now, mm-hmm. law enforcement started to consider Tammy's death a suspicious one. Like, oh, okay. Okay, about time. <laughs> yeah. Um, they searched their home, looked in the shed, the garbage, the barn structure, removed 43 items from the home. Okay. Apparently, you know, when Tammy died, Chad had not really seemed too curious about how she died, which is weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like you'd think somebody like your wife who was in great health, he would want to know what the hell happened. But he said that the family was already grieving. He didn't want to do an autopsy. Oh. And that wasn't suspicious to law enforcement. Did he ever cremated? No, 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 no. No, wow, that's surprising. Yeah. Now, if you didn't think that that was enough people like in this little charade of things, (laughs) we have a lady named Zulema come on board. I'm sorry, what? Zulema. Zulema. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm, to save everyone time from like going into all of this backstory, let me just tell you, Zulema's son called 911 in December to report that Alex, our buddy Alex, you know, Lori's brother, was unconscious. Okay. When the police got there, Alex was in medical distress and later died in the hospital. Oh, no. So another one bites the dust. Not to be rude, but another one is gone. Christ. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> Can you, like, how? How does it get this far without any suspicion? Right. right. A lot of people have died by now, and we're still just letting people roam the world free. An autopsy was done on Alex, but at the time of that Dateline episode, so like last week, last Friday, um, the toxicology report had not been released yet. Just to break it down for you, we now have three deaths, two shootings, two missing kids, all directly related to Lori and now Chad as well. 
when I told you this was going to be a mind fuck, like, (laughs) it's a mind fuck. Is it tiring? (laughs) Now, just so you know, Lori, so if any of you live in Hawaii, Lori and Chad are in Hawaii now. So they're just hiding out. Dateline actually found them. They were trying to ask them questions. Lori, the the reporter was like, are you, you know, lots of people have been praying for you and your kids. Um, What do you have to say to those people? And she didn't say, like, she's not, she wouldn't even look at him. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. The reporter was then saying, are your children alive? Do you know what happened to them? People are praying for them. And Lori just said, that's great. Oh. And then they left. They kept Jesus. walking. Yeah. Somehow they still have online supporters. There's people who are supporting Lori and Chad. There's someone that will support anyone. Yeah. It's just sad. I don't know. Okay. So just to wrap things up, um, there was a court order for Lori to have the two children in Idaho by January 30th. Kay and Larry showed up. Other people in the family probably showed up. Lori and the children did not show up. Uh, just another thing to know, because I don't want to like take up all of our time here. They There was also a storage unit involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did see something about this. Yeah. Lori had rented it. Um, different men were like coming and going. It, there's footage online and you can see that it kind of looks like one of them is heaving around something very heavy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wasn't there a duffel bag or Yeah, something? there's a lot of shit going on in the storage. I, yeah. Apparently, Lori then forfeited the unit because okay. she stopped paying for it or whatever. And then I guess in the lease, there's a clause that the owner then can do whatever he wants with it. Right. And by the time Dateline got there to look at it, there was not, there was like bikes, old pictures, like things mm. that you would think that you would want. Right. But Lori stuffed it all in storage. I do want to put in one real quick thing because if you didn't know now you do children are still missing Lori and Chad are fucking around in Hawaii and I when I was researching I did find okay so this is from Idaho State Journal um, which I'll put in the show notes an Indiana woman strongly believes that she saw a missing Rexburg teen Tylee Ryan at a court or at a concert in Nashville um, she said and I'm like directly quoting this just so listeners know Either it was her or her twin, said Sarah, who was able to interact with the girl who was sitting at the same table during a pre-concert dinner. I guess um, Sarah and her husband were attending a Trace Adkins concert. Sarah reported to the Idaho Journal that they were sitting at the table with um, three other couples and the girl who went by the name of Amy. And Amy was with a couple who seemed like they were in their 60s about. And Sarah reported that everyone at the table introduced themselves, and Amy initially had said that she was from out west, but the older man said to her, you know better than that. Oh. Yeah, weird, right? That is weird, if it's, if it's true. Yeah. And then they, I guess the, old, the man said, we're all from the Tennessee area. Oh. Yeah. Strange things kept happening that night. When a photographer came around and offered to take their picture, the man said that they'd rather not have their picture taken. Hmm. Weird. Interesting. Um, yeah. At one point, the man appeared to send a text, and then his wife took out her phone and looked like she read a text and sent oh. one back. Like, be a little bit more inconspicuous, incon- in- <laughs> right? right? Um, and then the wife took Amy to the bathroom. And when they came back out, Amy was like a totally different person. She stopped talking. She wasn't very lively or bubbly. Just seemed like the wife had told her to shut up, you know? Yeah. So. That's weird. But I can also see people just wanting to, like, be important. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows if that's true or not? Guess what I saw. So that's really where it ended for me. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is really sad. These two children are still missing. Chad and Lori are just living it up in fucking Hawaii with no repercussions of all this weird shit that happened. Her brother's dead. Her ex-husband is dead. Her other ex-husband is dead. Um, Tammy, the Chad's wife, is dead. Some random Melanie and Brandon. I was like, this is maddening, whatever. I hope that I can stay up to date with this because I really want to know what happens. I'm glad that I know more about it now. Yeah. The day after this research, after I did the research, a news headline broke that Lori was finally arrested. And I guess the way that they arrested her finally, fucking thank Jesus, was that she didn't, that court order, you know, that she Mm. neglected to follow. So yeah, she is in custody. That's all I know as of February 24th. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's all I got for you. Um, but it's sad. It's it is so really sad. sad. I hope they're alive and I hope they're okay, the kids. The only thing, okay, I would 1 million percent think that they were dead, which is really disheartening. But it's because it's usually the case. Yeah. But since these two people are like these doomsday preppers and they're, maybe these, maybe these kids were put like in a bunker somewhere. This is all total speculation since this is ongoing. We don't know. Yeah. I mean completely just not accusing you Lori but you know saying it looks a little shady a little shady Lori anyway okay so that's the sad tragic unthinkable disgusting mysterious all of those words (laughs) case of Lori and Chad and Tylee and JJ and Alex and Brandon and everybody involved so crazy I want to know what you're talking about 
I am talking about the 1938 disappearance of sweet little pumpkin pie, Marjorie West. Aww. So 1938, we're taking it back a little ways, a lot of ways. Please tell me, actually 1938 was the year my grandma was born. I'll let her know you said we're taking it back a long ways. Let her know. She's aware. <laughs> She's old. Right. Marjorie's case is one of the oldest recorded by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And at the time, it prompted the largest missing child investigation since the Lindbergh baby. So that and that was a big fucking deal back yeah. then. Yeah. This was way before Stranger Danger, when childhoods were less structured. I just feel like when I was a kid, we did everything we wanted. We were always out after dark. We were down the next street. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we also grew up here. Yeah, true. Where well, I mean, you can say I mean, that this stuff is, doesn't happen, but... Yeah, this is like in the early to mid nine or not, I shouldn't say early, because that's when I was born. So like mid to late 90s. And I was like five, six, seven. Like, mm-hmm. my parents never knew what I was doing or where I was. I was just no. like, hey, I'll be home later. Right. Yep. And they would just call our names from the porch when yeah. it was time to eat. Yeah. It was way before there was mass media coverage of child abductions. No Amber Alerts, obviously. And it seems like the world is so scary these days, and it, it is, but this stuff's nothing new. It's not new. It's mm-hmm. always happened. So, in 1938, little Marjorie was four. Oh. She had beautiful red hair. She wore it in, like, the Shirley Temple curls, oh. you know, like the ringlets. Oh. Yeah. She had freckles. Just a, She was a little cute little cinnamon roll. I'm literally just picturing Hannah with red hair. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. I love it. And I got a lot of information on this from the Charlie Project website, which categorizes over 13,000 cold case disappearances. It's run by Megan Good, who's, she's just a badass of a woman. That's awesome. Does she have an Instagram? Can we link it? I don't know. She has an Instagram, but I will link the Charlie Project website. They're always taking donations. She doesn't do this for money. Mm Mm-hmm. So May 8th, 1938, Marjorie went to church with her family, her dad, Shirley, her mom, Cecilia, her sister, Dorothea who was 11, and her brother, Alan, who was 7. They all went to church together. Their church was in the, their hometown of Bradford, Pennsylvania. And afterwards, they wanted to have a Mother's Day picnic, so they Aww. drove to the White Gravel area, which it was about 40 minutes away from the church. They drove south on route. Is it route or route? I say route. People say both. I say route. Route doesn't sound right. Trees have roots. Hair has roots. <laughs> route 219 from Custer City to Marshburg, Pennsylvania. And they drove on Chapel Fork Road in McKean County to get to the White Gravel area, which I guess was just kind of like, um, there was like a stream there, just kind of like a nice place to have a picnic. Is, is White Gravel a town? Or is no, it like a it's kind of just like a park. Okay. I couldn't find much about it. I was trying to find pictures of the White Gravel area and there, was, there really wasn't anything. Yeah, because in my mind, I'm just picturing White Gravel. It was White Gravel. There probably yeah. is some White Gravel maybe by the stream. I don't know. If you know, let us know. Let us know, please. So once they got there, they parked their car along Morrison Marshburg Road. Shirley, the dad, went to fish at a nearby stream. Their mom, Cecilia, sat in the car, and Marjorie and Dorothea went to go pick wildflowers. Like, how fucking innocent is that? My heart. Didn't say much about Alan. I'm assuming Alan, the brother, was fishing with the dad. There was a large boulder near where the girls were picking wildflowers that Alan and Shirley checked out before they got there to to make sure, because I guess there was rattlesnakes around. Oh, wow, yeah. Around 3 o'clock p.m., Dorothea went to the car where her mom was resting, which is a mom thing to do. Yeah, like, that's a me, very me thing to do. Let me just sit in the car for five minutes. <laughs> like, give me some silence. <laughs> oh, man. Did they have air conditioning in cars in I 1938? I don't think so. <laughs> that but would be still, hell. she just wanted a moment of peace, for God's sake. <laughs> let me go to the bathroom in silence, please. Okay. So Dorothea went to the car to give her mom a bouquet of flowers. <gasps> oh. I know. By the time Dorothea got back to where they were picking the flowers, Marjorie was gone. After the family kind of searched the nearby area, I'm sure they were just fucking panicking. Right. Um, they drove to the closest telephone to contact authorities, which was in the town of Kane, because they were kind of out, like not in a town. They were kind of just out in the country. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, the general consensus was that Marjorie just kind of wandered into the woods and got Aww. lost. Okay. Which, I mean, four-year-olds are quick. Right. But... She couldn't have gotten that far, especially right. if Dorothea just turned around and noticed she was gone right after. She couldn't have gotten. She couldn't have gotten that far. No, what would like unless something was like, "Come here, come here, come right. here." And she like ran there. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. If she was just going to look at a tree, she'd be standing and, there. Yes. And a four-year-old. Do you remember like getting on the wrong sh- the back of the wrong shopping cart in the store when yes. you were little? Yes. And it's like a stranger's, and you're just suddenly like, shit, 
terrifying shit shit this is yeah. not my mom i grabbed somebody else's like side of their coat when i was walking into walmart yes. one time and i about died yeah so if you can imagine once she realized she was lost and wandered off she probably would have called for someone right. you know it's just oh i don't know they didn't find anything no evidence of her like the family doing their own search before sure. they called the cops you'd think they'd find some sort of clue but the police came the police found nothing after their like initial search of the area. The Citizen Conservation Corps, the Moose and Elk Lodges, and others formed a search party of over 200 people. Wow. As the sun went down, oilmen brought their headlamps to keep the search going, but they couldn't find anything. The next morning, the search party grew to over 500 people. They waded through the stream, the nearby stream. They made a mile-long human chain. Wow. And ended up combing four square miles for any sign of Marjorie. They did find what appeared to be a freshly dug grave, but when they dug it up and examined it, it was just a cask of wine that's all buried. (laughs) Like, shit. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't her body, but... Mm. They found a piece of lace that they thought could have come from an article of her clothing, but her family reported she wasn't wearing anything lace that day. So it was just some random lace in the woods. Some witnesses reported that several cars had driven past the picnic area just before Marjorie's disappearance, and police started to interview motorists. They were able to figure out who was in the cars and concluded that none of them had anything to do with Marjorie. Um, A taxi driver did say that he saw a dark green sedan at 11.38 p.m. the night of the disappearance and that there was a little girl in the back seat. He said she matched Marjorie's description and that she was crying. He told police that the driver of this dark green sedan asked him where the closest motel was. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Like, just that all pieced together. I fucking hate it. Um, The taxi driver told him about a motel across the street. He watched as the man went inside the hotel, watched him leave, and then came back and told him there was no vacancies. Like, it's this guy's fucking problem. Right. And also, 1138 is a very specific time. That's weird. That kind of ties into something else. Okay. So then the driver of the sedan asked him about a local liquor store. Like, where can I find some booze? The taxi driver told him about a bar up the road. This taxi driver identified Marjorie as a little girl in the backseat of the sedan a few days later, and a guy matching the description of the driver reportedly got gas at a gas station outside of the town of Thomas, which was nearby. A fuel attendant said that they saw a bundle wrapped in a gray blanket in the backseat of the car, but the driver's identity still remains a mystery. So I'm assuming that they showed police showed him a picture of marjorie and mm-hmm. he's like yep that was her yeah but yeah but you know how don't do know. you know like how much was he really focusing on the little girl yeah. and if I mean? he only saw her from the outside of a car right like yeah i don't know the only thing that i could say about that is i mean like red hair is pretty distinct yeah true it's hard to know police determined that the travel time on route 219 between white gravel and thomas was about eight hours So if this driver snatched Marjorie around 3 p.m. when her family first noticed her missing, he would have gotten to Thomas between 11 to 11.30 p.m. So the timeline would have matched up perfectly. But of course, they were never able to confirm the the identity of the child in the sedan. They couldn't confirm for sure that it was her. Were they able to find him? Mm -mm. Okay. Nope. Why are you looking at me like that? I just hate it. I just, it just, like, so it bothers me that they could find all these people who are driving past and it's you know all I mean? hearsay. Yeah. You don't know for like you it's just nothing weird. can be proven. Yeah. Because it was. Yeah. So by that Wednesday afternoon, the search party had reached 2,500 people. Wow. Okay. They brought in bloodhounds. Um, newspaper articles claim the dogs followed Marjorie's trail half a mile up a mountain to a cabin with its doors nailed shut. They pried the doors open, um, but they didn't find anything of interest inside, like nothing that could be linked to her. Other accounts say the dogs followed her sent to the road by the clearing she was playing in, and a lot of people believe she was picked up alongside the road. I mean, that would make more sense. It would, but if if their car was parked alongside the road. Oh, right there? And the mom was sitting in it. Yeah. And Dorothea was there at the car with her mom. Maybe then the was, bloodhounds just traced her back to their own car. Or she got out. Yeah. Yeah. So... Hmm. By the end of the week, the searchers had covered 35 square miles of ground and still hadn't found Marjorie. They had pumped out a well to search for her, like, in the well. I don't know why I keep saying well. (laughs) I mean, it's just all, like, so strange to me. Like, that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, sorry. She just disappeared out of nowhere. I'm just Um, sad about it. Native Americans tracked mother bears known for carrying off small children, which is fucking terrifying. Uh, What do they do with them after they carry them off? I'm sure they eat them. Posters with Marjorie's picture were distributed, and newspapers began linking 
linking her disappearance with that of two boys who vanished in the forest within hours distance from each other. There was speculation that Marjorie could have been taken by other family members to Canada. I don't know where that came from. Some thought she could have been abducted and trafficked somewhere in the South. Others pointed to the Tennessee Children's Home in Memphis. Hmm. This is where this bitch, Georgia Tan, comes into play. Okay, I don't even like her just from her name, Georgia Tan. This is going to piss you off. Whether it has anything to do with Marjorie or not is still unclear, but it's going to piss you off either way. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of ready. So, Georgia Tan operated the Tennessee Children's Home. She was straight up praised for placing high-risk children in adoptive homes. Okay. High-risk as in what? Just wait. Okay. According to her, high-risk. Okay, gotcha. I'll just say Okay, that. okay, okay. She was a well-respected, educated, high-society woman. She eventually earned the nickname The Baby Thief. The okay. Baby Thief. Okay. Isn't that awful? <gasps> as Stop. you're holding your Stop. baby. Premonition. What? Is she stealing these children to put with other people? Just wait. Oh my god, okay, 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 okay. I'm nervous. She used her position to establish connections with influential people and used those connections to traffic over 5,000 babies and children without any legal repercussions for almost three decades. What the hell? Yep. How? I will let you know because that's next on my list. Okay, okay, I'm getting the sweats. They were kidnapped from poor families because they knew that the... Those families couldn't retaliate. They didn't have the means to retaliate. Oh, my God. Yep. Georgia, she used tactics like extortion, threats of legal action against parents who didn't know their rights. Um, she preyed on single young mothers. She would take newborns from mental hospitals and prisons. Oh, my God. Even some born in hospitals. She would bribe the nurses and doctors into telling the moms that their babies were stillborn. And she would take them. I hate it so much. She was in cahoots. Is cahoots there? I don't know. It just sounded right. She was in cahoots with the family court judge, Camille Kelly, and they worked together to separate children from families. Oh, okay. So she would have How she great. would have the judge say that, you know, it was an unfit home. Okay. Well, fuck Camille too then. Yep. She was just an overall big fucking loser cunt. <laughs> so there's a lot more to Georgia Tan, including like horrific abuse at her children's home. I don't even want to hear about that. And her role in a record-breaking Memphis infant mortality rate. Oh, my. Did, is there a picture of her? I'll I'll put one up. Okay. I want to see what yeah. this bitch looks like. And I'll put up a picture of Marjorie, too, because she's a sweet little baby. Maybe we'll do a mini episode about Georgia Tan, because there's a lot, a lot okay. more. So Marjorie could have been taken by someone working for Georgia Tan. The report of the man driving the green sedan could have been correct like if he was working for her he could have just been looking for somewhere to stop and spend the night on his way to tennessee that's the direction that it would have been um like it could make sense but to this day little marjorie has never been found how old was she when she disappeared four so she'd be 86 yeah and uh dorothea her sister her picture has been put out there a lot because i guess they look so much alike oh okay so like this is what she would look like now or similar to her so yeah, it's just, it's really sad yeah. just to turn around and, and her be gone. Yeah, and just, I bet that mother felt so much guilt for taking a rest. Oh, yeah. And, you know and what I mean? Dorothea has expressed a lot of guilt because she left her there alone, which to, it's not her fault. To bring her fault. mom wildflowers. It's like, not her on. fault. You're, like, you're, not, you're not thinking of that when you're 11. No, and you're not, like, the person who's really in charge of her but anyway. You know right. what I mean? And even even the parents, you know, they were all there to have a good time. And yeah. then it's not like anybody asked for that to happen. No, they're just having a picnic. They didn't do anything wrong. They checked the area for rattlesnakes. Like when that you, just shows that they give a shit. When you were saying that, I was thinking, well, I would not have like thought to do that. No. You right. know what I well, mean? Well, I mean, we don't have rattlesnakes. But, True. you know. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. I just, they seemed like they were really good parents just from what you heard, what you said. Mm-hmm. And I guess her dad, the dad, just didn't stop. Even after the search party stopped, he would just go and look for her every night. Could you? I couldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. No. And when you said the Lindbergh baby, all I could think of was My Girl, the movie My Girl. That's when I heard about the Lindbergh baby because Veda says something about how the Lindbergh baby was taken out, you know, from their window or whatever. I know the Lindbergh baby story. I've never seen My Girl. Don't. It's really sad. Is it? Yeah, don't, at least don't do it when you're being overly emotional. Now that we're both done with those, I, you know what? Those put me in a sad mood. I know. So now I'm hungry and I'm sad and they're not a good combination. I'm famished. I thought you were going to say I'm fat. <laughs> that too. Okay. Um, reading, watching, listening. Reading, watching, listening. 
Mm, I'm still not reading anything. Okay. <laughs> unfortunately, except these articles about Marjorie West. Yeah. Um, I had plans to watch the new Forensic Files 2 last night. Mm-hmm. Did not. And it's podcast Monday, so yep. I already listened to my MFM. That's the only one I got in because I had to come straight here. Do you know that the whole drive here, the whole seven miles, I was behind two semi-trucks. So it was like one semi-truck, the other semi-truck, me. And they both had giant goddamn logs. Ooh, I hate it. Strapped to the back. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad I Truly. did too. Me, reading, watching, listening. I finished Dark Dead Stars by Cassie. Like, you know, we both just are obsessed with this book. Yes. Cannot say enough nice words about it. I, I have to remember to go leave a review on Goodreads and then Amazon when it comes out. But it comes out, was it this week, right? The 27th. 27th, people. We will share it like in our stories and stuff. Is that this week? I don't even know. Yeah, what has planet to be. I'm on. It has to be. We're on Venus. Okay. Um, watching. I did want to mention, I watched a movie the other morning uh, called Side Effects. I can't It's from like 2013 or 2015. It's been, it's been a few years. Never even had heard of it. Channing Tatum is in it. Um, Rooney Mara, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Something like that. She's from The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. I've never seen that. Um, Jude Law. He's in it. Oh, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm. Anyway. What a good cast. Yeah, it really is. And it's a good movie. It's like about a woman whose husband goes away, like goes away to jail, <laughs> prison, if you will. And she is like depressed or having anxiety or something when he comes home. She's been having these bouts of depression and anxiety. And she goes to a therapist and then she goes to a different therapist. She's prescribed a few different things, a trial drug. And someone who I won't name is stabbed to death while sleepwalking and oh. by her. Yeah. And it just kind of is all downhill from there. That's cray. Yeah. But it's kind of a good conversation starter about anxiety, depression, mental illness, like what we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, side effects yeah. and other things to do with I'll those have to check that out. Yeah. Um, kind of like the other side to that. So you'll have mm-hmm. to, and you'll know what I mean when you watch it. All right. If you would like to yell at us, you can do that at cruel. I don't know what our fucking email address is. Hold on. Let me look. Do you know our podcast? I mean, (laughs) no. All right. So if you would like. My daughter's flipping me off. Could you stop yelling? Sorry. Nora. (laughs) So if you would like to yell at us, praise us, send us a story, send us a recommendation, whatever you would like to do, you can email us at cruel.and.unusual.podcast. We know how obnoxious it is. At gmail.com. Um, you can go follow us on Instagram, which is Tori. I actually have no idea. <laughs> it may be something like that. It's the same thing. It's is cr- it the same thing? Is there it's a cruel.and.unusual. Can we do something about these dots? We could. I don't like it. Okay. Okay. We'll try and figure it out. Yep. We don't have a Twitter, so don't even look for us there. No. We've got um, a Facebook page and a Facebook group. The group is Cruel and Unusual, the group. You'll find it. Okay. I'm not going to hold your hand through the rest of your life. But we will if that means you're going to listen to the podcast. We'll see. (laughs) All right. So come say hi to us wherever you would like. Okay? Okay. Okay. Love you. Bye.